and welcome to More Like Guidelines, an actual player game design podcast. I am your host and game leader, Jessica Crimes, and I am joined today by... Hey, I'm Ben, he, him. I'm Kendall, he, him. I'm Goji, also he, him. I'm Kat, the, them. That is right, we are joined by a new player today, Kat. So, there's a lot of things to catch our audience up on. First things first, Biocore is on a hiatus. Not forever, but right now, I don't have the means to be developing a whole new system and running that kind of story and dealing with the fact that the world is on fire. So, we are going to be taking a step back from Biocore for now and running several mini-campaigns, each looking at a different aspect of game design. All right, so Kat, I think it's best if we start with you telling us maybe a little bit about yourself. Um, What is your experience like with TTRPGs in general? So I've been playing for coming up on a year. Uh, I started out playing Dungeons & Dragons 5e, uh, and then a few months ago I learned that there were actually other games, and a lot of them did things uh, very differently or better. So I am now trying to learn all of the systems and play all of the games. It is a noble goal. Um, Regular listeners to the podcast will have heard of Cat Elm previously as the maker of the Witcher Honey Heist hack that we played as our, I want to say Christmas special, run by candle to general delight from the audience and distress from the players. I enjoyed listening to it a lot. Excellent. So we are going to be playing our first mini campaign today, Goblins and Guesswork. There is a reason that we have a player here who is, well, more recently familiar with 5e than me. I haven't played Dungeons & Dragons in a couple of years, so a little bit of a more recent expertise will definitely be helpful. What Goblins & Guesswork is, is essentially as much D&D as we can remember, with everything else house-ruled and the rulebooks never checked. So we have official D&D character sheets that we're going to be filling in for these characters. We'll be doing character creation on mic, but that is the only official Wizards of the Coast resource we'll be using. All right. So I think we should dive into character creation, unless anyone has something that I've drastically missed. Not that I'm aware of. All right. We good. I'll kick this off with a bit of background about the world and the characters you'll be playing. You will be playing as members of essentially a mercenary guild or an adventuring party that has been established for maybe two years now and have been on a couple of adventures. You'll be playing as level three characters to start with because I find levels one and two drastically terribly boring. (laughs) The adventure will be taking place on the island town of Wixton, where our party has gone for at least the hope of some rest and relaxation. I will also note, of course, that because we're not using Wizard of the Coast materials, you don't have to confine yourself to proper Dungeons and Dragons classes, races, abilities. This is going to be... GL'd by consensus. We'll be deciding as a group on the balance of abilities, on if something's too powerful, if we'd like to make a change to how the game works, if we want to get rid of all the dice. So this is going to be very much passive game design as a group. Would anyone like to start us off with a character concept? Does anyone have anything firm in their head that they'd like to play? 
Um, I've, yeah. ju- I've just come up with something yeah. beautiful, yeah. I think. Um, I, I don't have a name for them, but they're an extremely small, grumpy little gnome wearing business slacks and a pinstripe vest. Goji, never change. <laughs> so I'll just make a note on my page here. Goji, business gnome. <laughs> All right. And then what character class are you thinking for your business gnome, Goji? Um, Necromancer. Necromancer. I like it. So as far as I'm aware, there isn't an official 5e Necromancer class, but we're going to make it happen. Does anyone else have a core of their character that they'd like to bring forward? I'm going to send, I'm going to send you the, this little image of, I've drawn of this gnome. I was like just sitting here and this happened next to me. It's not even the full canvas in Procreate. He's just kind of in the corner. <gasps> Could we share that on the Discord when this episode comes out? Yes, please. Excellent. Check I, the... I have, I have <laughs> check at DHB underscore games for the link to our Discord where you'll be able to see this adorable business gnome. <laughs> <laughs> all right um candle did you say you also had an idea uh no i did not I, i've been quietly gesticulating at goji to draw a companion for this gnome oh okay <laughs> um well if cat ben or candle if either of you have anything that you'd like to kind of throw at the wall i i would love to just immediately break the <laughs> please game, please dm um I would like to play an awakened magpie, just like a bird. Um, Kat, I'm not sure if you've seen the logo of Don't Hurt Birds. (laughs) I have. I absolutely love this idea, but I will be wanting to know what awakened this magpie at some point. Not necessarily right now, but that's going to be plot, obviously. And I are going to get along, I can tell, because I also have a proclivity for playing just just birds. Boards. Just a bird. Just a regular, like, slightly smarter than average bird. See, I've already crossed out the S on Don't Hurt Birds to justify hurting another of Candle's characters. Am I just going to have to get rid of the don't at this point? <laughs> Please hurt birds. I'm begging you, hurt some birds. Okay, I think I have a character concept. Okay, go ahead, Candle. A very stupid and optimistic himbo. Just himbo. Is... Yes, that's my class. Okay. Your class is in, though. <laughs> no, my class, my class is probably um, Aladdin. So is your race yes. himbo? Yes. So is a subset of human or? Um, hmm. Well, I mean, to be honest, the himbo part is kind of implied by the paladin part. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Okay, so I'm just going to be a very large man a normal man <laughs> just nor- normal man <laughs> okay wait, 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 i'm wait, writing wait. no i got it i got it my name is normal man i hate you <laughs> <laughs> and i am very clearly wearing some kind of costume a human costume yeah. god you are all firmly back on your bullshit <laughs> Does it help if we never go off the bullshit in the first place? True, I have a not had respite. <laughs> I want to be... Okay, here's my, here's my idea. Here's my character idea. Are you ready? Not my sure. character no, idea... No, of course I'm not ready. I'm never ready, Candle. <laughs> um, 
Goji, your character, your business gnome, yes. is a mob boss. And it is he now? Well, I'm, wait, no, 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 I'm not. This is this is a pitch. This is a pitch. Stay with me here. Uh, and my character, I uh, paladin named Normal Man, hmm. is several gnomes, the human costume, making up the entirety of your entourage. I would like to run away. I love the character concept. <laughs> I do have the concern that this is going to be longer than a one shot. So it <laughs> might. That's fair. Um, I'm just thinking it'd be difficult to get much role play out of 12 gnomes. And I also, I swear we've done that before. I am certain we've done 12 gnomes before. <laughs> okay, I'll just be your bodyguard then. You can be my lackey who talks like this. I can't do hey, that. Boss. I can't do that voice, but I'll try my best. Okay, that's my character. <laughs> Someone who's All trying right. to do that voice and can't do it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and do we get to know what it, what normal man is under the disguise? Uh, normal man is like clearly uh, a dragonborn wearing a oh. human face mask. That's awful. I'd like to imagine that the Dragonborn is, you know how Dragonborn are always like, you know, the dramatic hero types changing the world. Maybe there's a prophecy about this Dragonborn that they're just ignoring. I love that. I love that. Uh, Dragonborn in Dungeons and Dragons, for people more familiar with Skyrim, are not yell men. They are lizard boys. Yeah, that is also an explanation for Ben. Because, Ben, you haven't played Dungeons & Dragons, have you? I feel drastically underprepared. Don't worry. All of this has been improv and is not supported by the rules. <laughs> in the setting that we'll be playing in, you can essentially be any of your typical flavours of adventurer, which I admit might not mean much to you. But if you could play it in a game set with the technology level and magic level of Skyrim, you could play it in here, if that makes sense. Right. The first thing we need to decide is your character's race. This is a term that I'm still trying to find a better word for, because it's kind of more akin to sentient species. It's your orcs, your elves, your humans. The species. Your dwarves. Yeah. But also they can interbreed. Normally, so Whoa, but that's okay. not, not going to be coming up. <laughs> you sure you about that? <laughs> it does mean that you can have things like half elves, though, okay. which is why I don't just say species. I don't know. So the other thing your character has at its core, essentially, is its class, which is its archetype, its set of abilities. That'd be things like necromancer, wizard, fighter is a traditional D and D one, which just means a man who found a sword. Right. <laughs> so, are there either of those that jump out to you, either a race or a class for your character you'd like to start with? Could you have a class that contradicts your race? Like, not race, really, but appearance. Like, if you had a really old man, could he be a fighter? Absolutely. Yes. Can I be a really old man who fights things? That's totally cool. Are you, an, like, a human? Yeah, sure. Or maybe, like, a a 25% elf, you know? A little bit of elf in there. You're a quarter elf. Yeah, my grandma was an elf. You've got um, one slightly pointy ear. <laughs> sure, yeah. 
I am at this point going to come back to Cat. We know you're playing an awakened magpie. Do you know anything else about the character? Potentially a class? Mm, I mean, I think the class has to be rogue. Uh, I don't think I actually get an option for anything oh, you, else. Oh, you have the option for whatever you want. If you want this bird to be a wizard, this bird can be a wizard. No, I just love the thievy little magpie. Oh, okay. No, 100%. I also hate rogues, so I owe it to rogues, too. <laughs> That's fair. All right. Um, does anyone else have anything about their character that they want to bring out now as central to them? So um, any more details about yeah, their abilities I, or yeah. the backstory? I've decided something extremely important, yep. and that is that my business gnome's name is Jim Squiggly. Jim Squiggly. <laughs> Jim Squiggly. I've got to say, that's pretty on brand with the NPC names, all like three of them that I've come up with so far. Can you tell us anything else about, um, is it Mr. Squiggly? Yes. Mr. Squiggly, the business gnome. We need a jingle. We need a jingle. <laughs> all right. Can you tell us more about Mr. Squiggly, the business gnome? I'm not sure what kind of business he runs. It might be illicit. I don't think it's legitimate. I don't think it's legitimate either. I think he's I think he's doing a money laundering scheme. Um under the guise of like arms dealing. <laughs> Alright. Oh I'm just Tell you what. What role does Jim Squiggly play in this adventuring party and why is he with them? Definitely the straight man. Okay. <laughs> Jim Squiggly the straight man. <laughs> I feel like he funded this enterprise. He probably did. He probably did fund the enterprise. I will... I'll let Jim Squiggly be obscenely rich as long as it's all in offshore accounts that aren't currently yeah. accessible during the game. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine with me. <laughs> okay. I'm falling in love with this gnome. So... Why is Jim... I was wondering, are they going to be able to come up with such strong characters as they did for Biocore? <laughs> yeah, it turns out they are. So why is Mr. Squiggly with the party? Um, this is... He's on vacation, and he... He... Probably thought this was going to be a fun getaway, and, uh... Got wrapped into some antics he wasn't prepared for. He's just he's, okay. He's trying to go. He's <laughs> I will, trying to get to Margaritaville. <laughs> I will say, uh, normal man or Norm for short is here because of Jim Squiggly, not the other way around. Okay, I'd like to give. Um, I keep calling him Mister Squiggly because I feel like I need to be respectful. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine with him. You can you can address him as as Mister Squiggly. <laughs> yeah, but it's weird for the GL to do it. I'm not even in character. <laughs> He knows. I'm intimidated by this drawing. <laughs> right, I'm going to cover him up and call him Jim. Right, so... <laughs> um, why is... I, I, I would like Jim Squiggly to have a solid reason for staying with the party. I've learned from my mistakes. I think he's just kind of adopted them all in his mind. Should we say it was about two years ago that he first accidentally fell into an adventure with them and they've just kind of kept on going since? Because, hey, there is good money in it. It's adventure. Does he feel a sense of responsibility for He them? does, yes. If, if there's no success gotten out of this, then he'll have wasted the last two years of his life. 
Candle, is there anything else we need to know right now about Normal Man? Because I think motivation is pretty covered. Yes, he um, he's very shy and has a lot of self-worth issues that he's trying to work through. Aww. <gasps> Poor thing. Okay. <laughs> he has a hard time standing up for himself. I'm imagining Normal Man in, like, some pretty heavy armor. Is that accurate, or...? Yes. He, he looks... He looks like a fucking executioner. Oh, okay. <laughs> I like that. So currently we have Jim Squiggly, Normal Man, Cat. Do we have a name for the magpie? Yes, I think the magpie is called One, which is short for One for Sure. Ooh. Ooh. I like that. Okay. And Ben, do we have a name for your old man? Fuck. F-O-R-K? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fog like the utensil. Alright. I love them all! This is a Our special boys. <laughs> and can I just quickly go through you one by one and get your character's pronouns? Goji? Uh, he, him. Cat? Uh, she, mm-hmm. her. Uh, Candle? He, him. And Ben? He, him. Perfect. Okay. That takes us about up to the break. So how about we take a slightly longer break than normal and start filling in a few details on this character sheet. And then we'll come back to wrap up character creation and then do a little bit of character world integration. Sounds like a party. And welcome back. So, off mic, we have had a play around filling in our characters' skills, their armor class, working out their hit points. Shall we run through that really quick? Cool. Um, Let's start with Candle. What can you tell us now about Normal Man? Um, Hit points are uh, 25. He's a strong boy. Uh, He is skilled in medicine, sleight of hand, and stealth, because I thought that would be funniest. Uh... (laughs) His initiative is plus three. Uh, I still, I'm gonna be real here and make a confession. I still don't know what his armor class is. Okay, it will be ten plus dex plus three is what we made up for the armor. Okay, his armor class is 16. And these are, of course, level three characters. So it's a nicer baseline than level one because no one's quite sure how powerful they're meant to be at this point. Gives us more wiggle room. Um, Goji, what has Jim Squiggly the business gnome taken? Um, Jim Squiggly, uh, Esquire, (laughs) is good at um, acrobatics, intimidation, persuasion, and religion, because he's a business gnome. And what are Mr. Squiggly's hit points and armor class? He has 15 Squiggly hit points and... uh, Plus one initiative and an armor class of 14. I'm sorry, are those branded hit points? Yeah. <laughs> brand hit points? He's, he's got 15 squiggle points. <laughs> uh, ben, what has Fork? I keep seeing that word and thinking that that can't be the name. What has Fork got? <laughs> We're in too deep. Well, Fork has athletics, insight, intimidation, and investigation. Ooh, okay. Yeah mystery old man a strange man hit point hit points 16 is that right uh yeah that sounds about right 
So yeah, 16 hit points. Uh, pretty strong. And your armor class? Armor class 14, I believe. Okay. And that brings us to the most strategically diverse of our characters, Kat. Can you tell us about one? Uh, yes. One, um, so we decided to give one plenty of proficiencies. So one is proficient in deception, insight, investigation, perception, sleight of hand, stealth, and survival. Um, she has an AC of 14. Uh, her initiative is plus four, and she has seven very lovely bird hit points. Seven hit points. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> I don't see anything going wrong. Also, Kat, you had a realisation about how one could fit into the party and her origins. I did. Um, I thought it would be very fun if one had been raised uh, and was thus awakened accidentally uh, by Goji uh, in one of his necromantic spells. Uh, So it's kind of a bit of an undead bird. Great. So essentially we have a remarkably squishy party. Uh, Ben. Hello. We need to work out Fork's deal. Why is Fork with this adventuring party? Do you have any thoughts on the topic? I don't have much thoughts regarding Fork. I, I think <laughs> Fork is lost, old, secretive. I don't know. I think, I feel like it was a mistake and I was just following them and... Okay. How about Fork has reasons, but we don't know what they are yet? I feel like that fits, actually. Yeah. I think, does Fork know what the reasons are? No, nah, Fork isn't... Pl- I don't know. Even Ben doesn't understand Fork. Fork is ineffable, and I'm sure that we'll work it out through play. Okay, in that case, I think we just need to take a quick look at stuff like uh, weapons and spells. So what we'll do is we'll fly through that so we can actually get to playing this game. Let's start with... We'll do Goji last, because Jim Squiggly has spell slots, and also, I imagine, so will Normal Man. We'll leave them for a little later on. Let's start with Ben in that case. Ben, what kind of fighting style do you imagine your character having? Fighting style? Like, what weapons would Fork use if Fork uses weapons? I feel like, you know those big sticks that shepherds have? Like a crook? Yeah, like a crook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. If you see where it says attacks and spellcasting... Yep. In the top one of them, just put in the name box Crook. Mm-hmm. Are you imagining this being used in more of like a dexterous, twirly, bow staff kind of manner? Or more in a whack them as hard as you possibly can kind of way? I was imagining like a ninja style, like... Okay, in that case we call <laughs> that a finesse weapon, so that means in the attack bonus section yep. you would add your proficiency and your dex modifier. Just add them together? Add them together and put them in that attack bonus box. Cool. What would that take you to? Plus three. Plus three? Yeah, that sounds about right. And the damage type I feel like we should call... You... S- D8? D8 sound fair? I wouldn't know. 
I'm not hearing any complaints from anyone else, so I'm going to say that a D8 sounds fair. <laughs> sure, D8, okay. Okay, and um, I assume that as we play with Fork, we'll discover other, other abilities that Fork has we just don't know about yet. Oh, I do hope so. It might end up that Fork is more of a barbarian, might end up being more of a monk, more of a warrior. We'll see. Um, for now, does Fork have any other weapons? Not that I can think of. I don't know. Okay. In that case, what we'll probably do is, as we're playing, we'll give Fork the abilities as they would be useful in the world, trying to find the character. Cat, uh, okay. what kind of combat style are you imagining one having? Um, so for reasons relating to having a hit point maximum of seven, I think that mostly not being there uh, is the key. Uh, however, I, I guess that if one was cornered and had to fight, I'm going to go for beacon claws. Okay. Um, I imagine that's going to be more of like a D4 damage than your... Mm-hmm d12 natural weapon i think the attack bonus on that it's not exactly going to get through armor but it's also pretty difficult to avoid it almost seems like it'd be a naturally risky attack in some way but we can delve into that again as we play and we figure out these characters so for now do you want that to be strength or dex based do you think I would I go could... for Dex, because as a person who has tried to catch a bird with my bare hands, um, mm. they're remarkably dexterous. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, in, in that case, yeah, dexterity seems about right, so that'd be your attack bonus. Uh, plus your proficiency, I believe, as well, so that's going to be ridiculously high. Oh, plus six. And then the damage type, let's call it a d4. Um, I feel like you meant to add something to that. Would it be a d4 plus strength or a d4 plus uh, dex? d4 plus what you're using for your attack bonus, so this would be dex. All right. Um, Kat, does one have any other kind of combat abilities? Does one have any magic? I kind of wonder if one has some kind of very uh, limited use sort of necromantic, I don't know, maybe poison from attacking, from being you know, a dead thing, or... Yeah. How about, because one is so squishy, we attack, we attach a natural force a saving throw against poison when someone is hit by one. And then I was thinking we could also give one access to some cantrips, like Mage Hand. Ooh, Magpie with Mage Hand is everything. So how about we give you two cantrips? That seems fair, and you can get more as you level up. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, um, it's up to you what those are out of the ones you can remember or would like to make up. Mm. I would suggest something like Prestidigitation or Mage Hand. You know what, I'd like, I'm just going to go with your excellent brain, Jess. Mage Hand and Prestidigitation. Prestidigitation, I hate saying that. <laughs> For anyone who doesn't know, Prestidigitation, which literally just translates to Fast Hands, I believe, um, basically lets you do generic stage magic level tricks like starting a very small fire changing the color or texture of something um generally things that are uh narratively important but not actually mechanically important you can't hurt someone with it mage hand is basically low level telekinesis it's often flavored as literally just making a big invisible hand or translucent hand to move things I imagine we'll get to what that looks like in this case when it comes up in game. Candle. Yes. Tell me about normal man do in a fight. 
the biggest, heaviest fuck off hammer you can imagine. I love it. Warhammer then, like that kind of thing. Yeah. A mall. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like, um, that's... Not, not like historically how they looked because historically they were tiny and, and unimpressive looking. I'm talking fantasy hammer. Oh like, no, absolutely. Like line driver, like absolute motherfucker of a hammer. Okay, that's going to be strength-based, and that's going to be a d12 damage, yeah? All right, so let's see. Uh, does Normal Man use any of his Dragonborn abilities? Um, I think he needs a breath weapon. Uh, yeah. Which he would probably only use when he had to. Okay. Um, so What damage type would it be? Because you can choose with a Dragonborn. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with the tried and true fire. Okay. Um, and what colour scales does normal man have? Normal coloured scales. No. Um, I, I think like... Fire is traditionally red, but I'm not yeah. going to make you stick to that. Fire is traditionally red. I'm going to go... Um, I think copper dragons also have a fire breath weapon. Mm. Or bronze. No, not bronze. Well, I, I, I like a coppery sort of like reddish gold. Yeah, I like that. Does normal man have any paladin spells, do you reckon? Um, what are paladin spells? Um, generally, you've got your healing, you've got your turning undead, you've got your buffing. Um, I'll do healing. Uh... I've got to say, normal man is currently ridiculously powerful in every respect. So, shall we give... <laughs> As he should be. For now, and again, we can think of this as we go and as you decide that actually you'd probably have these other spells and things. Should we give Normal Man three charges of Healing Word? Healing Word. Yes. How, how much healing will it do? We'll find out. And that takes us to Jim Squiggly. <laughs> Mr. Squiggly! Mr. Squiggly is here. Do some damage. Um, All right. What kind of damage is Mr. Squiggly doing? See, I... When I think Necromancer, I really do just think, like, the worst. I know. It's it's all it's all my brain goes to. Do you to want see. to give him a scythe? I, I do want to give him, like, the spectral Yeah, that's scythe. what I thought. Okay. Around. Does Jim Squiggly carry a non-magical weapon? No. Okay. Unless you count his wits. So, let's start off with this... uh, um, This is an embarrassing question. Is it Scythe or Scythe? Scythe. It's Scythe. I thought so. I just wanted to double check. I called it a Scythe the other day, and Oji made fun of me for like two hours. (laughs) 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 Oh, what a team we make. Okay, um... Yeah, let's give this some stats. So first off, it would be a magical weapon, meaning it can hurt ghosts and things like that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give you a choice, Goji. Do you want it to do physical damage, purely necrotic damage, or a combination thereof? What's the difference? So necrotic damage is basically magical death energy. It'll affect some things more than others, and some things are immune to it. So, for example, it w- necrotic damage would heal a zombie, but it would fuck up a priest. <laughs> oh, screw priests, I'm going necrotic. 
Okay, well, what, what we can do is you can either go that it deals all necrotic damage and is like a fully spectral weapon when it hits someone, or we can do uh, it hits them like a scythe would and then does a bit of necrotic damage on top. Okay, I'll do, I'll do that. That's okay, fair. in that case, scythes are high crit weapons. They When they crit, they do quadruple that, or triple or quadruple their normal damage. Jesus. But... They normally do low damage, so it would deal a d4 physical damage plus your wisdom necrotic damage. And then on a crit, it would deal 4d4 plus your wisdom bonus. Wait, does 5e do crits like that? I have no idea. Or does 5e Um, just max them out? The way I do for homebrew is that you do your maximum damage and then roll damage again i think that the like the the raw rules are um you roll your damage twice i like your way more yeah because there's nothing worse than critting and rolling two ones yeah okay but we'll deal with that when it comes up let's give you two cantrips and three level one spells but one of your level one spells has to be to summon your combat gear i think we're ready to get into it i just have one last question does your adventuring party have a name? Oh, dear lord. <laughs> what? I feel uh, like it should just be Squiggles Incorporated. No, that's what I was about to say. I know! I could tell from the f- fucking face you were making. I also have a suggestion. Jimmy and the Squiggles? Oh! <laughs> I don't want to, like, take over this campaign, though. Too fucking late. You made a character called Jim Squiggly, and I'm in love. <laughs> All right, um... Oh, wait. Spotlight. Are In addition to being an adventuring party, are we also a band? Well, are you going with Squiggles and Squiggly Incorporated, or whatever it was? I want, I want to give everyone else a chance to come up with something. Okay, let's float some ideas. Yeah, name the Animal Crossing Island. I like squiggling, or squiggles, or Jim and the squiggles, or I like anything that revolves around our favourite gnome. I'm a big fan of Jim and the squigglies. <laughs> Jimmy and the squiggles? Jimmy and the squiggles. Jimmy and the squiggles. Alright, in that case, let's get into it. We are going to start this game with a flashback to your the end of your most recent adventure, I would like to know where it is. It is the boss fight of your most recent adventure. Maybe we killed God. <laughs> We've already that's killed a, God. That's over. a bit too Final Fantasy for this one. How about you are in the ruins of an ancient coliseum on the top of a mountain? I would like cat to tell me what the party is here for. The party is here for, and as one like soars over the smouldering remains of the battlefield um, and begins to circle down, um, we were fighting some kind of giant stone dirt golem, uh, which was powered by a giant ruby heart, and we have come to defeat the golem and take that heart okay i'm gonna say also that the golem has two let's say animal sidekicks in the form of 
giant lizards. They're maybe six foot tall at the shoulder. They are brown scale, brown scaled, not copper like a normal man. And they have red frills, almost like manes, and red feathered accents on their elbows. Now that the uh, golem has been defeated, how are the lizards behaving? Oh, the golem hasn't been defeated yet. Oh. Oh. Oh, no. Um, I'm sorry, everyone. You've just delivered (laughs) a hard hit to the golem. Let's say that Fork has just delivered a powerful hit to the golem. What did it look like? Uh, Whack the ankle. (laughs) Okay, so you managed to hit the golem in the knee, and that brings it down onto one ankle. No. You managed to hit the golem in the ankle, and that brings it down onto one knee. (laughs) (laughs) It looks up at Jim and says, You defeated me, but you'll never defeat my boys. And as he does that, the ruby glows a bright, bright red. That was the treasure that you were sent here for. But as it glows, it begins to fracture and split and shatter. And as it does so, a rush of red magical energy rushes into the ground through the etched lines on the Colosseum floor and up into each of the lizards, which grow another two feet and begin to snarl with an even greater ferocity. Let's roll for some initiative. I have not got to say that yet on this podcast. Jim Squiggly looks very crestfallen and goes, ah, shit, that was going to be my retirement fund. Oh. Oh. (laughs) Can I Uh, roll to handle animal? Not yet. (laughs) So far in the fight, these lizards have been largely inert. They haven't even really attacked you, despite, I imagine, you probably dealing a couple of blows to them. Now they are drawing up to their full height and they are ready to munch. Oh, shit. I'm so munchable. All right. Um, the way I do initiative is this. Did anyone beat 20? I haven't rolled yet. Okay. Um, uh, did anyone beat 20? No. Okay. No. Then just stop me when I get to your number. 20? 19? 18? That's the monsters. One. Sorry? And one. You got a one? Uh, one got an 18. Oh, God sorry, damn it. <laughs> okay, um, one has a higher dex. So it's one, then the monsters. 17, 16, 15, 14. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, I had 16. You had 16. Uh, this is the great way for me to learn your character names. 15, 14. Yep. That I was got 15. Fork, and then that leaves. What did you get, Candle? It... <laughs> All right. Uh, One, you're up first. Um, The eyes of these lizards is beginning to glow with the same red light as that ruby. Ruby that you were sent here to fetch and for which you were going to get a multi-thousand gold payout. No. Um, One squawks uh, with being extremely upset at this turn of events. And I think in just... Not necessarily trying to be useful, but just in frustration, is going to use uh, her mage hand cantrip to try and throw a rock <laughs> at one of these lizards. Okay, uh, left or right? Left. Okay. Um, in the rules, mage hand can't do damage, but fuck that, this sounds cool. Give me a... Hmm, I suppose this would be a magic roll. Does one use intelligence, wisdom, or charisma to cast? Mm, I think intelligence. 
Yeah, that makes sense being that one is kind of like a magical accident. It's more that kind of arcane kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So give me an intelligence roll. That's going to be a 21. That is an easy hit. And we'll say that deals a d4 damage because it's just a rock. D4. Oh, I rolled four. All right. You ping it squarely between the eyes as they're still shaking up and getting ready to attack. What's your current formation? We know that one is kind of circling above. Uh, I've probably been taking a front uh, row on the go- on the on the golem because uh, I have a big hammer. And uh, as soon as the lizards moved, I probably looked around and was immediately just fascinated by them. I'm probably pretty close to everything. Okay, in that case, should we say that? Well, we knew Fork just hit the golem, so Fork is between the lizards. Normal man. I keep having to double check that name because it just looks like part of my notes. <laughs> Same as Fork. Fork is betwixt the lizards. Normal man is stood a few feet back, essentially in front of both of them in the middle. And then I imagine Jim Squiggly is off further back into the side. In that case, the first of the giant lizards is going to kind of lean back on its haunches and then spring forward at Normal man. This is the one that just got clocked between the eyes. Candle... That is going to be... Oh, that's going to be a 19 versus AC. Oh, yeah, that hits. Oof, that's going to be six damage from a claw swipe. That's a hit. Oh, that's a hit. Oh, I'm down to 19 hit points. (laughs) The other thing is, does normal man wear metal armor? Uh, Normal man has scales. Why would he need... Okay, that's fair. I was just wondering because that was... I think we mentioned a disguise. Is it just... Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, in that case, if you're not wearing metal armor, that's fine. Um, and as it lands from leaping towards you and swiping at you, not actively cutting you, but knocking the wind out of you quite easily, it rocks back, leaning away from you. And as it does so, as its elbows bend, some of those red feathers fire out towards one. One, that is going to be a dexterity save. Ooh... Um, Jess, I think I think normal man would be wearing metal armor. Sorry, I had to have a, th- a quick think about that. Okay, in that case, you now have a minus one to AC as the claws leave a trail of okay. very, very dark rust eating into your armor. Awesome! Yeah, rust monsters, baby. Um, yeah, so as this monster fires those feathers at one, can I get a deck save? The DC is uh, 16. That- that is going to be a 21 again. I promise I am rolling legit. <laughs> no, that's fair. That's a save. You managed to quite nimbly swerve out of the way. Next up, the other monster, the one that hasn't been hit yet, is going to turn towards Fork and launch that same pouncing clawed attack. Ben, does a 14 hit your AC? I don't know what that means. So your AC is at the top middle of the page. Yeah. Uh, Is a 14 equal to or higher? Equal to? In that case, it hits because you hit on a match. That will deal six damage. Oh. So don't delete your total hit points. Just make a note below of your total hit points minus six. Okay. And that brings us to Jim's turn. 
Goji, could you make me a perception check? 16. Okay, on a 16, you notice that as the first lizard fired off the feathers from its elbows, more quickly regrew, and the feathers on both lizards dimmed in colour. Oh, shoot. Or of attrition. What is Jim going to do? Um, he's he's pretty pissed off that his retirement fund just got cut into. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's going to swing with his scythe right for, like, the juncture of the arm of one of these lizards. All it's right. I want to make sure you know it's a big-ass scythe. I like it. Uh, make the attack roll for me. Wait, um, is it... To beat the AC, it's a d20, right? It is. It's been, like, six million years. I, think, I, I don't even know what that why is. Why are you rolling on... Okay. I'm not going to say anything. Oh. Uh, 17. Plus... A 17 will hit. Right? Ah, okay. Well... Okay, yeah. D4. Uh, which one are you attacking? The one that went after um, normal man and then shot feathers, or the one that went after Fork? Uh, let's say the one that went after Fork. Okay. Because Fork is an, is an elderly gentleman like myself. <laughs> That's a three plus wisdom. Uh, six damage. Okay, and how much of that was necrotic? Oh, that... that... Three. Three was necrotic. Okay, um, these creatures, as your blade cuts through one of them, the necrotic energy lingers like a black fire on its flesh and burns for longer than you would expect. They are vulnerable to necrotic damage. So that would... The necrotic part of your attack will deal double damage, so that would be a total of nine, if I'm correct? Yes. Okay, next up is Fork. Um, The golem in front of you... All of the magical light has gone from it. You have just been attacked by this giant lizard creature, which has then been slashed across the back by your boss, I imagine? Jim Squiggly, this guy you've been following? Um, So you now get to attack one of these creatures. The golem is totally inert, all the magical energy is drained from it. There are two giant lizards, one which attacked you, and one which is currently attacking normal man. So, first of all, which of those would you like to attack? The one that's attacking normal man, right? Oh, okay. Aww, we're all defending each other. What a great party. <laughs> How are you going to do that attack? What are you going to attack with? With my good old trusty crook. Okay. You're going to need to step away from the monster that's attacking you to attack the one that's after normal man, and that'll mean it'll get a chance to hit you. Are you okay with that? Yeah, I'll risk it. Sure. Mm -hmm. That is a 12 versus AC, which I believe misses. So as it swings at you, are you wearing robes? Yeah, like some kind of hooded robe thing, garment. Yeah, it attacks for where it thinks your legs should be, but because of just your natural deafness... Oh, your leg's not there, it's just robe. And your robe gets torn at the hem, but you are completely safe, and you now get to attack the first lizard. For that, you roll 1d20 and add the plus attack bit that we put on your character sheet. 1d20. Oh, five. Okay, that's going to be a miss. 
You swing at the creature, and with a surprising agility, it manages to duck under the horizontal blow. It is now normal man's turn. All right. Um, can I take an action and also have an attack? Depends on the action. I want to try and roll animal handling. Hey, animals? Um, if you want to also attack in this turn, I'm going to give you disadvantage on the check. Mm. Okay, it's not worth it then. I'm just going to hit the thing. All right. Okay. Uh, let's see. That is... Like a strength... Uh, roll d d20 plus strength plus proficiency, right? If you're attacking with your big fucking hammer. I am attacking hammer. with my big fucking hammer. So that is going to be... 18. An 18. That is a solid hit. Okay, cool. Um, and then uh, damage would be 12, d12 plus 4, which is my strength modifier. Is that right? Yeah. I assume you're attacking the one that's on you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so 10. All right. It is very heavily wounded by this. You hear the sound of bones crunching, scales go flying. And the feathers light up an even brighter red on both of them than they were earlier. Uh, It's one's turn again. The creature that is attacking normal man is close to death. And the creature that was all up in Fork's business is heartier but wounded. Um... Well, I think being a crafty little magpie, one of course has to go in for an attempted kill. Um, and I'm going to play dangerously, and I think she swoops down with her little talons outstretched and is going to try and claw this lizard in the back of its head. All right. Uh, yeah, if you want to make a, a dex attack roll for me. Um, that is going to be a 17. That is a hit. Seven points of cloy damage. Damn, okay. Uh, The creature also makes a save against ongoing poison damage, correct? Yes, that is what we decided, because I very much like the imagery of this magpie just being, like, a kind of dead-looking. Okay, because this is a magical lizard, it is going to have advantage, I'm afraid. Uh, The first roll is a natural one. The second roll is a 10, so we'll call that a fail. (laughs) In that case, that is enough to... Well, any more damage, it's on one hit point after the attack. We'll say the poison's enough to kill it. What does it look like? Um, I think one swoops down, uh, talons outstretched and like claws right into the um, cerebellum area of the back of this Mm. uh, lizard's head. Um... And it looks kind of hurt by this. And then just this blackness spreads from the wound. uh, And it just Uh, flops down. Damn. Maybe we can look at... Maybe we can make that necrotic energy instead of poison. We can discuss that later. Whatever's more appropriate. Normal man and gives her a thumbs up as a free action. (laughs) The creature falls to the ground and... Very, very slowly, more black lines spread across its body and it begins to crumble into large black flakes and a pile of dust 
As it does so, another swirl of red energy pulses through the creature into the floor, through the intricately carved lines, and into the final lizard. The feathers on the final lizard begin to grow begin to grow and glow an incredibly vibrant scarlet. It is now the monster's turn. It is going to continue attacking Fork. This time it's going to faint with its claws and then try and catch you with a bite. But it only rolls a nine to hit, which I imagine is a failure. Uh, no. Okay, in that case, you immediately read that it was a faint. You don't even bother ducking about the claw because it's so telegraphed and you step out of the way of the eventual bite. The creature then follows through with the motion, turning its back on you and firing off two volleys of feathers, one at you and one at one. As it does so, the colour drains from them. Um, so one, if you can give me a dexterity saving throw. Mm-hmm. DC 16. Um, that is going to be a 23. That will easily dodge. And... Ben, if you can roll a d20 and add your dexterity saving throw. 15. Oh, that is a fail. Let's see how much damage this does to you as you get peppered by feathers. That is a four plus two. That is six damage. And that takes us to Jim's turn. Jim Squiggly's here. Okay, okay. So how how is everyone arranged again right now? The one of the monsters is dead, leaving um, normal man unaccosted. Fork is currently being attacked by one of the monsters, which now has its back turned to him. You are at a safe distance, and one is circling overhead. Okay, so the problem right now is I haven't selected my cantrips yet. Or am I spelling? You can select one now. Um, I, would, it be, would it be too much to say I have Mage Hand just so I can poke this stupid lizard in the back before I try and slice it? No, that's fine. Just make a note now that one of your cantrips is Mage Hand and you can cast that as much as you like. Okay. So, oh. it's, it's an 18 for the attack roll. Okay. That'll hit. Uh, uh, five damage total, three necrotic. Okay, if we double the necrotic then, that's five plus six is eleven. Hells yeah. More of those black lines are appearing to spread across this creature, and it's like it's barely being held together. The red feathers, even though it has just shot some, even though it has just shot some, are growing as black... The feathers are glowing. (laughs) (laughs) I can only do so much editing. All right. Uh, The creature is very nearly dead, but that takes us to Fork's turn. Oh, okay. Uh, So I just need to, like, attack? Yeah, if you want to just attack again with your crook, you are more than welcome to. I'll just do a a crook attack. Let's do it. Uh, Yeah, if you want to make that attack. That's a d20 plus the attack bonus again. Okay. Oh, it's a nine. That is a miss. Um, let's say, how does how do you miss? How does the attack not work? I imagine my old Fork just stumbles a bit. In a constant haze of distraction, Fork stumbles and just misses. Okay. It's just a miss. It's just a sad it miss, happens. Really. 
That brings us to Normal Man. This creature is nearly dead, and apparently Fork has something on his mind. All right, yeah, uh, I'm gonna hit. I'm gonna hit him again with my mm-hmm. hammer. Um, um, let's see here. So that will be uh, twenty-four to hit. That'll hit. <laughs> All right. Uh, damage would be eight. That's enough to kill it. What does it look like? Uh, normal man, um, Norm, for short. You can call him Norm. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, thank he... God. What? I said, oh, thank God. <laughs> uh, he sees that this thing is on its last legs and he shakes his head a little bit sadly because he was in the back of his mind hoping for a pet. Uh, and he just takes his hammer and whoop, just baps it really lightly on the nose and it just goes down. <laughs> okay, I, I appreciate that. <laughs> As it does, again, its body flakes away in this cascade of uh, dark energy. And once again, the ruby light pulses into the floor stronger than ever. It spreads out across... A- it spreads out across countless glyphs and runes etched painstakingly into this ancient coliseum. And then all at once, finding no suitable host, it rushes together, appears as a single glowing orb just above the centre of the room, and then disperses on the wind. Damn it. There goes your payday. No! Ah, nuts. I would like to finish this scene with the party all together, And just realising, making whatever decisions it is that you need to make, that will take you in a few months to Wixton Island. Hey guys, we got screwed over on this deal. Why don't we go to Wixton Island? Sounds good to me. Cool. Let's go. Sounds like a great plan. (laughs) (laughs) I I literally couldn't even tell who that was. Neither could I. Uh, Yeah, and you head off to... Holiday Resort, Wixton Island. <laughs> Thank you so, so much for listening. Um, <laughs> A great podcast. Guys, I hope we've all had fun. Wixton Island says Jess not knowing us, apparently. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, no, I should have learned to expect certain things by now. <laughs> All right, so we are going to be continuing this Goblins and Guesswork mini campaign for a short while. I am having a lot of fun with this, and I am utterly in love with these characters. Yeah, I love them too. They're great. If you feel the same way, I would recommend checking out patreon.com slash donhurtbird so we can support the show. You can become a friend or enemy of the show. It seriously like makes it so we can afford to host it, which is great because that's expensive, surprisingly. And it also means that we can have on more guests in the future for the game-building episodes, do more exciting things. Seriously, that support goes a long, long way. We also have an official Discord channel that you can check out if you just find us on the Twitter account, dhb underscore games. All right. I think that's us done for today. That's a wrap. All right. Goblins and Guesswork has begun, and we will see you all next week. Bye. Bye.